Welcome to Funny Parents. I am Mary Teresa Archibald. I almost did that completely in sync with you. And I am Pat Shea. This is what happens when we've been quarantined together all the time. <laughs> oh my goodness. For two months. Yes. That that we speak almost in unison. Is that, that it? Is that, that the glowing thing? Uh, the, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we couldn't yeah, do we, it. We couldn't do it. Because hey. it's week eight of quarantine and we're getting a little tired. We're getting a little tired of it. E-learning, Zoom, and more Zoom and more e-learning. Boy. That said, you know what's cool? <laughs> my brain had shut down. I actually, that moment, was thinking about my first grader's writing assignment, how he had to write what a cat was dreaming mm -hmm. about. And he was like, I just can't. I don't know what a I cat is. I just can't. Yeah. I don't know what a cat dreams about. So that was today's exactly. The Maybe the one thing that's keeping us sane in here. I shouldn't say. Our kids are amazing. And one of the things that has been keeping us sane during this is checking in with our awesome friends uh, who keep on having amazing stories for us. And we do have some really cool stories for you tonight. And in a little bit, we're going to hear from our friend, Christine Walters, who is a fantastic human being and performer and uh, a kind of a, a muckety-muck, a bigwig, if you will. Yes. Uh, a network executive. That's actually her title. Yes, yeah, she is network Now, on several executive. comedic shows, which is yes, sort of amazing. FD, Full Frontal with Samantha B. I also just said this evening, and I realize you might be listening to this at 6 a.m. Um, but we can only do anything after our exactly. kids go to bed. So it's always done in the evening. And before we get to Christine, we're going to hear a story from our friend, Abby Schur. Who's a fantastic improviser who we knew from back from our days mm -hmm. doing improv in Chicago. Uh, and now she just, her most recent book, she's had many, yes. uh, is Miss You, Love You, Hate You, Bye. Yes. Uh, which is a fantastic YA novel. So if you've got kids who are in that YA range, please, please download it, uh, buy it. Or buy it. You can buy it. Yes, please. And, I think uh, you can even get it hardcover. And one of her stories um, was actually uh, used as That's right, on the fodder. Amazon Prime series Modern Love. Yes. So Abby is a fantastic mom to three, and she's going to tell us a story, oh, a mm -hmm. wonderful story, about her sweet son and his invisible friends. Enjoy. So when my son was about four, he had a group of imaginary friends. Their names were Marcel, Marlowe, and Mar Emma. Wow. And they were they were assholes. They they broke his toys, they spilled his snacks, they kept him up all night. Um, they were also nocturnal and could fly through walls. Um, but still I was worried because here's the thing. My kid is a really super sweet kind of out of the normal. I mean, he's, he's like a very sensitive kid. Um, mm -hmm. imaginative. He's very fabulous. He's the one who's like going to be voguing instead of walking. <laughs> <laughs> can't play organized sports because like if you take the ball away from anyone, he'll cry. Um, 
and his hobbies include, but are not limited to, composing songs for his grandmother about the stars or jewelry. Um, And he's very into what ifs. Oh, so a typical conversation, yeah, would be like, what if... um, what if your hands were made of chicken and leather and <laughs> you had hair inside your mouth, but you were also the king? Would you be happy? <laughs> no. So he, he and he, he has a very wide range of knowledge. So he, you know, he asks me things about Rutherford B. Hayes all the time. <laughs> I don't know who, you know. So anyway, <laughs> he's not your typical child. And, um, I felt like, why is he inventing these people to be mean to him? Um, Mm. Especially when they would like trash his room or hit him. So I said, you know what? These guys have to get out of here. And he said, they can't leave mom. They have nowhere else to go. (gasps) And he launched into this epic story of all these three had been through. So I'm going to try to remember all of the parts because they were really specific. Um, it all started when Marcel bought an iron. Um, Mar Emma left it on, and there was a house fire. <gasps> oh, so no. they lost everything: their clothes, their toys, their pirate's booty, gone. Oh my god! So of course, my son let them crash with him, eat his food, sleep in his bed, whatever they needed. Right? Mar Emma oh, had head injury for a little while and died, maybe for twenty four hours, but then she was fine. Hurricane Sandy hit. And that's imaginary Hurricane Sandy because my son was born, um, I guess, right after Hurricane Sandy happened. Uh Um, Marcel and the gang were forced to flee. So first, they went to Chuck E. Cheese. Um, They stayed there for a couple of days, stocked up on pizza, got to go in the ticket booth. Um, But one of them decided it was too loud. So they drove to Nepal. Um, they love Nepal until mm-hmm. boom, imaginary Hurricane Sandy hit Nepal. Oh, oh no. my God. Right. So then they packed up their things and they decided to go to Hollywood. Um, that was a much longer trip. It took 20 hours and five boats. And they also had to wear their coats and they didn't like that. Um, oh. and then when they landed in Hollywood, whoosh freaking sandy again um, <gasps> so they just got out of there they just kept traveling the world over and over and the hurricane was following them um and then at one point they built a home in africa which he told me was somewhere between costco and the desert because there's no costco in the desert um but then they came back and they needed to stay with him in his bedroom in new jersey because they were secret and they had inner powers Okay. Yeah. So I was like, blah, blah, blah. Stop bringing up cups of water and blaming your broken shit on these kids. You know, like, I mean, <laughs> but then I started connecting the dots and I was like, my kid is a genius because I really did not tell him these things. Now maybe he's magical. Um, anyway, check it out. These are some things that my kid could not have possibly known. Uh, well, he could probably know this one. The first place he went to was Chuck E. Cheese. Um, mm. I have been on medication for severe OCD and germophobia for over 30 years. So the two times that he has begged me to go to Chuck E. Cheese, I 
had so much Purell and Xanax stuffed into my little fanny pack that I was like bleeding from and handing it to everyone. Okay. <laughs> then they went to Nepal again. He could not have known this. The day after I got married, mm-hmm. I burst into tears and said this was a horrible mistake, which is not a good thing to do on your honeymoon. But um, <laughs> we, we went on our honeymoon. This is his dad, by the way, so it all worked out. But um, sure. uh, yeah. And I applied for a grant to go work in Nepal in an orphanage. And I did, and it was oh an amazing experience. And I had some time to really think about what it meant to uh, be with this man. And I also had this amazing enema from a yogi, but that's besides the point. Um, <laughs> and then, sure. um, I came back and I was like, yes, I'm ready to be married to you and let's make a family. And, you know, so basically, Nepal is why my kid is here. Um, oh Hollywood. Again, pre-kids, I was in Hollywood for a whopping two months <laughs> if I could get cast as the quirky ne- next-door neighbor. Um, mm-hmm, most mm-hmm. of the time, I was either drunk or on a treadmill or drunk on a treadmill. Um, but I've never told him any of these stories, right? Somehow, he knew, and he took these imaginary people to all these places, like swoop through there, dump the hurricane on them and just moved on, which is wow. basically what I've been trying to do in therapy for, I don't know how many years. <laughs> <laughs> so I felt like instead of assholes, maybe they were my guardian angels. And I became very like invested in his stories. And I was poking and prodding him about, you know, what was happening next. And then he went to kindergarten and uh-huh. It was like a switch turned off. He just stopped talking about them. He started coloring in the lines. He mm-hmm. put away all of his princess dresses. Um, I, it was so sad. And every once in a while, I could eke out like a little update over the winter. Marcel and Marlo and Mar Emma bought some property in Florida, he told me. Um <laughs> Uh, Marcel. Oh, Marcel won the marathon. She had been training for a long time to do the New York marathon, and she won. Um, and Marlo. Oh, Marlo turned forty and changed her oh face, which I thought was a bold choice. Wow. Um, but seriously, then it, it was just an information blackout. And at one point, I asked him point blank. I said, "Where?" are Marcel and Marlo and Mar Emma these days. And he looked at me. I don't know if it was even in front of someone, but he looked at me like I had just embarrassed him so badly. Oh. He said, um, Hey mom, you know, when I like doing something and it's really fun and then you do it so much that it's not fun anymore. Oh. And yeah, that was rough. So I waited a long time, like years. Um, and really just recently I asked him if they were still around or if they were coming back anytime soon. And he got this big, like just goofy grin on his face. And he said, um, well, Marlo, I haven't heard from, and, uh, Marcel wanted to go to a different high school so she could be with all her friends. And Mar Emma 
And then he just burst out laughing and said, Mom, you know they're imaginary, right? (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, yeah, but I still believe in them. Mm. Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. Oh, my gosh. Oh, wow. I literally have, like, little chills. Oh. I bet we get introduced to them. true though that when we get excited about things it's funny to mm-hmm. see your kid pull away from it mm-hmm. and yeah. I, I don't understand the psychological because you think you're like i'm at, i'm all in i'm and supporting if parent gets interested and suddenly there's pressure uh and i it's funny i i kind of remember that uh from growing up i think there's still things if i'm invested in something i i, I will not mention it right away to my mom Yes. Even now, even as a 48-year-old man. That's true. Yeah. But it's funny because it made me think of our younger son, Colin, Mm -hmm. uh, who also had an invisible dog named Skippy. Who was with him all the time. And Skippy used to walk around with him. And sometimes Colin would trip and he'd turn and be like, Skippy, because obviously he had tripped over Skippy. Right. And then last Christmas, something magical happened. Mm -hmm. Uh, In his stocking at my mom's house on Christmas morning, there was a stuffed dog there in the stocking. And it was just like a random stuffed dog, you know, that you find in a bin someplace. Right. uh, Yeah. And then Colin pulled it out and without missing a beat, looked at this stuffed dog and said, Skippy. And from that moment on, Colin's invisible dog became real. And Skippy is still very much an everyday part of our existence. Of of our existence. And when I'm watching that movie Inside Out, and there's the imaginary friend who, you know, sacrifices himself for Riley. uh, I keep on thinking that Skippy found, Skippy found his way out. Skippy found his way out into the material world and now is a thing, is a thing that we're sort of always going to have. It's kind oh, of amazing. That is his own little bing bong. Yeah. <laughs> bing bong. That's his name. That's a bing bong, bing bong. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not that we've watched it a lot. Not that we let yeah. our kids watch hours and hours of television these days. Yeah. Uh, uh, but speaking of believing. Speaking in things, and believing in things and of TV. Yes. Right. We're about to hear it wonderful sort of mini stories from our friend Christine Walters, uh, who is a veteran of uh, the UCB theater in New York City here. And we're always really grateful to her because uh, when we were, you know, deep in the parent cocoon, when when our older guy was very young, uh, she reached out and created an improv show just for parents to get together and do improv together. So uh, we're, we're always incredibly grateful to her. Um, but as we mentioned earlier, she is the network exec for Full Frontal with Samantha B, Tacoma FD. Uh, and uh, the Miracle Workers Dark Ages, which I believe stars Daniel Radcliffe on TBS. So, yeah, that's And she's also cool. previously was the head writer and supervising producer of one of Pat's favorite shows that he's yes. actually going to kill me for bringing up. But Impractical Jokers. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's something. Uh, I, 
it started as a guilty pleasure, and then I, I I can't be guilty for something I take so much joy in. And he takes so much joy. And luckily, <laughs> Impractical Jokers is on all. And I didn't the watch time. it for like ten years. I did not watch. I was like, oh, oh, what is that? That's not my kind of thing. Blah blah blah. Uh, man. No, and those Don't guys are great. Don't knock it till you try it. Those yes. guys are great. Yes, Mary's worked with them. I have worked with them. They're anyway. great guys. Yes. But I'm so excited for Christine to share this story about bringing her child, Finn, mm-hmm. into the Catholic faith. Well, um, <laughs> I kind of have musings, I will say. <laughs> like things that... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as your child gets older, you know, Finn is 11 right now. So he's in that kind of tweeny stage. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, a good part of parenting and part of the joy of parenting, I think, is seeing the world through your child's eyes and thinking about how their brain processes things that you take for granted. Um, you know, and um, as he gets older, you know, it becomes a little bit more in line with, you know, adult thinking. But when, when your child is really young and you try to introduce them to things that are a part of your life, it is so interesting, Mm -hmm. you know, watching and seeing them and being like, Oh, you know what? My two year old's got a point. (laughs) (laughs) Cause he's looking at it in a different way. And, you know, he, I I think about spirituality in church and I'm not like an Uber Catholic. I, I went to public school, you know, my whole life, but went to CCD classes. Um, CCD is like, you know, the Catholic class that they send public kids school, uh, yeah. school oh, yeah. kids to once a week. Some Christian doctrine. Oh, yeah. So Mary, Mary's look a, at you. Mary's mom, Mary's mom is, and always has been a CCD teacher. Yes. Like she was born a CCD teacher. So yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. And, well, so And our kids are in CCD as well. Yeah. Right. So you yeah. have what I'll call, because this is how I felt growing up in Brooklyn, New York, was, you know, it was a, a dividing line, the kids who went to Catholic school and the kids who went to public school. And so we were like the dirty public school kids coming into the Catholic school. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of how we were seen, I think. Um, and I'm sure your mom doesn't have any of those prejudices, Mary. <laughs> But um, 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 <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe just, just a little bit. Um, but I remember distinctly. So when Finn started going to CCD, and like we know all those parents, like mm-hmm. that you know we have a church in the neighborhood that is like a very like strong part of the community, and you know everyone knows one another, but. Um, it, the same prejudices apply. Like I was told, like there are some of the Catholic school moms who tell their kids, well, hide your pencils and erasers and stuff. Cause you know, you don't want the public school kids to come in and steal them when they come. Oh, like, the, and, and, but I remember that when I was growing up, like I remember like hearing that and I was like, why would I want their pencil? Like I got my own pencil. <laughs> what are they? <laughs> What do they think? Like, I'm coming here just to, like, get a bunch of number twos? Like, I don't need this. Like, so, oh um, 
Yeah. So it was kind of in a weird way. Like I was like, Oh, all right. Well, that makes sense. You know, same prejudices apply, but um, it, it is interesting sending your kid to CCD when they're, you know, becoming close to teenage years because he will eventually have a choice in what he believes and, you know, like yeah. he should have a choice in that. Um, and, yeah. at, but before well, that, it, you can't help anyway, you know? <laughs> right. Right. Like, I mean, you can only do so much. It's like teaching your kid yeah. manners, right? Like you, they need the repetition and the practice and then either they're going to remember to see, say please or thank mm-hmm. you or they're not, you know? And I think with church, it's kind of right. the same way. Like you're bringing them to church for the ritual and the practice. And then you hope that some of it, even mm-hmm. through osmosis sinks in, they're like, oh, right, I should be a good person <laughs> and treat others the way I want to be treated and, you know, all of those things. So, um, yeah. but, you know, like in the early years, when I first started taking him to church, like the very first experience, and this will show you how like, like not that great a Catholic I am, like he was baptized and then we probably didn't go to church except for like Christmas and Easter for that first year or two. Cause you know, you're just overwhelmed, whatever. You don't want to be with the crying baby in the church. And so I think the first time we took him to church was my nephew's baptism. And my nephew's two years younger than Finn. So Finn was probably about two and a half, let's say. And uh, I was holding him in my arms. And, you know, it was that time in the baptismal ceremony where, you know, the godparents walk up and the priest is holding the baby all over the baptismal font with the holy water. And, you know, it's Duncan time, you know, it's like, okay, we're going <laughs> to this, cover this kid in some holy water and get him baptized. And literally the, the, the priest was like starting to say the words and he was holding Jackson over the font and Finn yelled, Shark! Like out of the blue, (laughs) just out of the blue, said shark, and the whole church stopped and looked at me, and I'm like, "Well, I can't disown my kid because he's in my arms. They know he's mine, you know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I can't like push him to the side." And uh, and he just he just started laughing, and then I started laughing because I'm like, "Well, funny, but like I guess maybe it was his like childish way of being like." Hey, he shouldn't put that kid in that water. Like he, there was just something in his head that was like, "What do I say to stop this?" And he, he did stop everybody <laughs> in the tracks. But, um, but like that was kind of the first time, and I was like, okay, you know. And then, like gradually, we, you know, started going to mass a little more frequently when I felt like he was more capable of sitting still somewhat, um, mm-hmm. and you know, then seeing him looking around the church and looking at Jesus on the cross and he must, he was like five or six and he, you know, was like, mom, who, who did that to Jesus? Like who did that to him? Like, that's really not nice, mom. Like, did that person go to jail? Like, seriously, like, look at him. And like, the whole time trying to like, you know, keep it down. And I'm like, okay, uh, can I explain this all to you later? <laughs> you know, like in the middle of mass, like, but like really profoundly, like deeply, like, 
whoa, that is oh messed God. up. And, you know, you're like, well, he's got a point. It is messed up with it did to Jesus. But um, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, like, just oh, little wow. things like that. Like, when you start to process, um, you know, church and religion and, um, you know, even, like, now that he's a little more, you know, he can say an Our Father and a Hail Mary and all that other stuff, but some of the songs he's still like, you know, like when they said, you know, we're going to sing the Gloria and he thought it was like the Van Morrison G-L-O-R-A one, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's like, no, it is not that then one. That was really disappointing for him. Yes. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Please don't sing that version. Um, you know, thinking that the Apostles' Creed was the Apollo's Creed. Like, look, I've got a lot of work to do to get my kid ready <laughs> to be a Catholic. <laughs> not going to lie. Um, but then, you know, like, I do think, like I said, it is going to be his choice eventually. And, you know, yeah. when my, when my dad died, he was having a really hard time dealing with like the concept of death and forever. Mm-hmm. And I remember having those thoughts too, like, like forever. That's insane to think about. Like he was having a hard time sleeping at night. Like he was just like, I, I don't like this idea like that. It's mm-hmm. just forever. And we started talking about different religions and how they look at things. And then we started talking about Eastern religions and reincarnation. I said, well, some people believe you come back as something else. And he was like, I like that one. (laughs) And I was like, Oh, okay. He was like, can, can I believe that one? Can I go with that religion? And I'm like, sure. Do you want to learn about it? He was like, yeah. Can I learn about that one too? Can I do that and Catholicism? And I was like, yeah, I think there's room for that. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah. we're going to be practicing Buddhists and Catholics. Wow. wow. That's all I'm going to think. Yeah. Apollo Creed. Yeah. Apostles Creed, Apollo Creed. Whenever, yeah. By the way, if you're not Catholic, it is the Apostles Creed. Yes. Is uh, is one of one of the creeds that we might say from time to time. Or every time we go to Mass. Yeah. Yeah. So that is fantastic. And mm-hmm. I feel Finn has like some really good points. Mm-hmm. Like, what did they do to that poor guy? You know, yeah. I understand. I understand. And I think, Finn, you have a good heart. You have a good heart that you are concerned. Yes. It all works out in the end. You haven't, maybe you haven't gotten to that part, but it all works out in the end. Um, and speaking of ends. This is the end of the show. Yes. So thank you for listening. And make sure you listen, uh, review, share, rate. Yeah, rate and review. That helps other people find us. And uh, and drop by our Facebook page. And uh, if you have stories that these stories remind you of, let us know. Send us a note. Let us know. We would love to hear. That's facebook.com slash funny parents. And if you have thoughts as to if your child has any invisible friends, um, let us know what their invisible friends are doing during quarantine. Mm. I mean, have they stayed with your child or have they left the cities for their country homes? How do you socially distance in the ether? 
deep questions. Yeah. As always, guys, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.